Welcome back to a new week of Ew, That's Creepy. This week, we will be discussing serial killer conspiracy theories, starting with the Unabomber. Melissa will be telling Jackie about three different conspiracy theories regarding Theodore Kaczynski. This episode will discuss murder and threats against children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a new week of Ew, That's Creepy podcast. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that should just be the intro. You remind me of one of those ad libs they add in, in a radio show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I do. When it's like a kid in the background or something. Yeah. <laughs> So this week, Jackie and I have, I think, a really fun week. We are going to be talking about serial killer conspiracy theories. Um, I'm going to be telling Jackie today about some conspiracy theories regarding the Unabomber. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie. I honestly don't even know that much about the Unabomber, except his name was Ted Kaczynski. Like, I know his name and I know nothing about him. Well, it would seriously take me so long if I wanted to go into all of the bombings he did. So I'm just going to briefly, like, hopefully five minutes, talk about (laughs) himself and his life really quick. And then we'll get into the conspiracy theories because I feel like if you want to know about the Unabomber, there are so many shows, so many podcasts. So I feel like everyone kind of knows, and this episode is for the people who know and are like, what are those conspiracy theories? That's definitely how I feel about when I tell mine, too. That's the same, same thing. I mean, with serial killers, everyone, like, goes ape over them, so there's always, like, 500 different things for the same serial killer. Yep. So, okay, let me just, like I said, I'll try and keep it brief, go into... His life. So the Unabomber was Theodore John Kaczynski. Um, He was born May 22nd, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois, to working class Polish American parents. He was reportedly a happy child, normal, but I read that he had severe hives, which caused him to be sent to an isolation unit at a hospital to receive treatment. Dear God. Yeah. Apparently, after the isolation, he became, he had troubles relating to others and stuff. Obviously, it seems like that kind of scarred him for life. And, like, when you're young, that's such a developmental age that you need to be interacted. Exactly. Um, Ted did do extremely well in school growing up. He seemed to enjoy the company of his peers, and um, he had such an extremely high cue. Extremely high IQ. IQ. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He had such an extremely high IQ that he skipped the sixth grade and moved up some classes. Wow. Like Matilda. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, not really. Yeah. Thank God Matilda. Evil. She didn't end up like this. (laughs) But 
Because, again, he was, like, moving up in class, he was still being separated from his peers, kind of, you know? Because he went from being the smartest kid in class to now he's young and in class with everyone who's older than him. And I'm sure they don't necessarily, as rude as it is, want to be friends Mm -hmm. with, like, someone who's younger than them. I read that Ted's mother at one point almost put Ted into a study for autistic children because she was so worried about his social development, but she decided against it. Um, At age 16, after skipping the 11th grade due to high academics, Ted received a scholarship to Harvard at 16. Wow. Owen Wilson is back for this episode. Hey, again. (laughs) In 1962, Ted enrolled in the University of Michigan, where he earned a bachelor's and a master's in mathematics. Smart That's as hell. I was going to say, that in a major, I can just tell. You're not Isn't playing around if you're a mathematics major. In 1967, Ted Kaczynski became the youngest assistant professor in the history of University of California, Berkeley, at age 25. A professor? Mm-hmm. Oh. Assistant professor at 25. And that's like literally the students could be that age. And mm-hmm. he's like, yo, yep. <laughs> I'm your professor. Exactly. Wow. However, by 1969, two years after he had that great achievement, he resigned from his position at the University of California, Berkeley, and returned home to his parents' house in Illinois. Two years after he returned home, he moved to a remote cabin that he built outside of Lincoln, Montana. And he was trying to just live self-sufficiently and be remote and totally off the grid. Okay. He started to notice, though, that in 1971 and in the early 70s that there was more industrialization. And I guess one day when he was on one of his favorite hikes, it was really crowded And he noticed that there was a road that was built nearby through this ravine. And he, I guess, was completely mad by this. And he, instead of just continuing to be on his wilderness skills and work on that, he was like, okay, I'm getting revenge against the system now. He hated the fact of industrialization. He hated that seeing, you know, his woodsy environment in Montana be torn down and roads put in. I mean, I hate it too, but I'm not gonna do what he did. Yep. In 1975, he started to seek revenge by performing acts of arson and booby traps on the wilderness developers working around his cabin. He thought that, you know, he would just take out the people local, but that was not doing the job, I guess. Because in 1978, he started to hand-deliver or mail self-made bombs to numerous individuals all over the country. This lasted from 1978 to 1995. Did he target people who were doing industrialization, or was it, like, literally random people? It was pretty off and on. So Mm. he would target, like, sometimes he would target people who were, um... He targeted people at one point who had the last name of Wood and kind of foresty type things. Then at another point, he was, you know, he targeted people from, um, he would say that he was going to, like, threaten, I think, to blow up a plane. And then I think he actually killed someone from United Airlines. So some of it was targeted. Some of it was just all over the place. Savage. Mm Mm-hmm. All in all, like I said, he killed 
three and injured 25 from 1978 to 1995. I guess that considers him a serial killer. I mean... It's not like he wasn't trying to kill more people, so... Exactly. And with... I'm assuming with what else you're going to be saying, Mm. it's a possibility. Yep. And like I said, if you guys want to know the specific details on that, I swear there's Netflix shows and everything about all of those bombings. So, like I said, I'm just briefly covering this. The bombings finally ended um, because... Kaczynski himself was sending letters to multiple media outlets stating that if they published his manifesto, he would end the bombings. After much debate and controversy, the manifesto was published by the Washington Post on September 19th, 1995. And super briefly, it criticized every aspect of industrialization and how technology was ruining America and ruining the earth. And I think he was found because he, when they published the manifesto, his brother's wife read it and basically knew. And she told um, her husband and they actually went to the FBI. So that's like the only thing I did know was somehow like the wife read it. And <laughs> I was yeah. Like, what? So um, Ted Kaczynski's brother and was the one who ended up turning him in. On April 3rd, 1996, Kaczynski was arrested in his cabin. And on June 22nd, 1998, he pled guilty to all charges and returned for life in prison without the possibility of parole. Kaczynski has spent his sentence at ADX Florence, a supermax prison in Florence, Colorado, ever since. And he is currently 78 years old. Okay, so that was that. Story's over. That's the episode, guys. Thanks. Listen to us next week. (laughs) So... Let me get into the first theory because I'm going to go in order of the likelihood of what I think these, I, you know, how I think these theories, like how likely they are. So this is the first one that I think is, um, not number one on my list, but many people believe that the Unabomber was the Zodiac killer. Ooh, girl. So people think that Ted Kaczynski was the Zodiac killer. Um, that was a theory actually kind of at the time it's still popular today um the zodiac killer as as many of you know was a serial killer operating in california from 1968 to 1969 people think that the the zodiac targeted younger couples who were out together he killed five in total but he claimed to have murdered 37 Let's just get right to the links. People think the location, location, location. (laughs) The most basic connection is that Ted Kaczynski lived in San Francisco Bay from 1967 to 1969, which was the same time period the Zodiac Killer was killing around that area. That much in and of itself is pretty interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons, though, that people draw comparisons between the two is because they were both very intelligent, and because of their interest in math and numbers, uh, because the Zodiac Killer taunted police by sending letters, and he included a 408-symbol cryptogram, which supposedly listed his name. People say that because, you know, Ted Kaczynski was so good in mathematics and the Zodiac Killer was sending these cryptograms with his name um, puzzled in that they could be the same. 
Another comparison is that at one point the Zodiac Killer had called in a bomb threat. He wrote in a letter that he would bomb a school bus and kill the children aboard. Yikes. Yeah. The letter where the Zodiac Killer described this desire was known as the bus bomb letters. A small comparison I found was that in one article I read, when I think the Zodiac Killer sent the first couple of letters, I think he sent three at the first time, um, that a psychiatrist had evaluated the letters and said that the person would be someone who isolates themselves in a brooding, plotting type of individual. Ugh. Kind of like the Unabomber. Yeah. <laughs> the last large comparison that people find between the Zodiac Killer and the Unabomber is the threatening of violence if the media did not publicize their work. Um, because both of them ended up writing into the media and saying that they wanted their letters and things to be made public. Um, so that's another big similarity. And it's like, how many people in California were doing this at the time? Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's creepy. Now, some people are convinced that the Zodiac Killer was Ted Kaczynski before he moved to his remote cabin in Minnesota. For example, there's a Zodiac researcher named Dr. Mark Hewitt who wrote an entire book about his belief that the Zodiac Killer and the Unabomber are the same person. He's invested. The book is called Exposed, The Zodiac Revealed. If you guys want to check it out. However, many people believe that the Unabomber is not the Zodiac Killer. Due to the Zodiac Killer would kill people by shooting and stabbing them. Um, And that's not at all how the Unabomber did his thing. So people kind of think that would be a large jump for him to be shooting and stabbing people and then just stop and start bombing people. But kind of the biggest reason is that handwriting experts analyzed the letters from the Zodiac Killer and the Unabomber and concluded that they are not the same. Mm. Similarly, a fingerprint comparison between the two did not match. And I don't think that the language they used matched either when that was investigated Mm. by a professional. And another dispute is that Ted Kaczynski was known to be in Illinois at some crucial points that murders occurred in California. I don't believe it then. Now, I don't know how that's known. I don't know how people know his whereabouts. For example, I don't know if for some reason his family was known to be doing something in Illinois because I feel like he'd have to be at home with his family because that was where they lived. So I don't know how people know that, but I did read multiple sources that that's a huge reason as people say that he was not, he couldn't have been in California at times. The Zodiac Killer was killing. So that is that on the Zodiac Killer. Um, Again, it's a fun conspiracy, but like I said, I kind of do believe that the letters the analysis of the letters prove that they're not the same. Yeah, they're pretty good at being able to tell with handwriting handwriting and somebody's cadence and the way that they talk. Exactly. So, um, so that's on the Zodiac Killer. Boom. And that's my story. No. <laughs> we have two more. Oh my god, two? Two. Girl. I thought there was just going to be like, <laughs> no, oh, just one. Okay, this conspiracy is not... I threw this one in there because this one's fun. This one isn't like, he's another serial killer. 
This conspiracy is that Ted Kaczynski was involved in the MK Ultra theory. I don't know what that is. Yes, you do. We talked about it on episode two. <laughs> we d- oh, when yeah, we were we little itty bitty babies. <laughs> we did. I forgot. Sabina. <laughs> Sabina and, and Ursula. Ursula. Yep. MK Ultra experiments. Let me jump into this because this in itself is crazy. Even if this is not MK Ultra, I do think <laughs> that this little story is wild. When Ted went to Harvard, again, he was 16, completely emotionally unprepared. He already kind of couldn't make bonds with people in high school. Um, Test him. <laughs> in Ted's second year of Harvard, he participated in a psychological study by Professor Henry Murphy that was intended to be, from what I read in one point, it was intended to be psychologically brutal and torturous. What? I read that in some articles. Okay. The subjects were told that the study would be simply for them to debate personal philosophies with a fellow student. So the subjects would write essays regarding their personal aspirations and beliefs. However, instead of debating kind of, you know, just those beliefs, the anonymous fellow student would belittle and personally attack the subjects using the knowledge that they just gave. That sounds horrific. Why would... The what subjects, were they trying to study? The subjects were then monitored for heart... for changes in heart rates and their reactions were filmed each week. And I read that the subjects were then forced to watch their reactions... Because they taped them. I don't like this at all. This experiment was continued once a week for three years on Ted and others. I Um, wonder if there's any correlation to this study and him being a murderer. That's what many people say. (laughs) Now, there are people who think that this study is horrible and everything like that. There are other people that think that Henry Murphy was legit um in that yeah but either way because of how intense the study was people do think that dr henry murphy at harvard was helping the cia in the mk ultra experiment and that wouldn't surprise me yep seems pretty like a messed up study yeah oh I'm sorry. So this is what people people say it was legit because it was trying to test what personality traits would be most useful under stress. Whatever. Okay. Whatever, government. So like I said, people theorize that Professor Henry Murphy was helping the CIA in the MKUltra experiment. Um, MKUltra was a CIA experimental program started in 1953. It used various drugs, experimental techniques to test the concepts of mind control. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people think the mind control, you know, could go really, really dark. A lot of people think mind control just meant forcibly being able to get someone to forcibly confess and give up valuable information. That's kind of how the government described mind control. Uh, I'm sure it is how they described it. (laughs) We can all describe it how we want to describe yeah. it. That part's up to you. Choose your own adventure. They always used to say that, and that's why we drink, and I loved it. Shout out to them. <laughs> there well, obviously is not a lot known about MK Ultra program because it was, you know, 
it's a government thing, and so it's not like they're just going to admit to all of this. So no one can really confirm, but from what I read, it is known that there were universities in the United States that participated. I think 40-some. And when you think about it, if the CIA wanted to get these experiments, it kind of, I feel like it would make sense that they would go to Harvard where people are super intelligent. It definitely makes sense, so... I can see it. It's just crazy thinking that that would happen. So, of course, people draw similarities and think that the Harvard test and MK Ultra test, you know, were the same and that Henry Murphy was contacted by the CIA. Now, there is no direct proof or direct correlation between Professor Henry Murray and the MK Ultra project. Obviously. Yeah. So, Dr. Henry, I'll just say that for now. I, he did work in the Office of Strategic Services during World War II. Hmm. Curious. But, again, he works at Harvard, so he has to have... He's a, working at Harvard doing psychiatric studies, so he has to have a lot of, like, amazing credentials. Yeah. So that could also just be coincidental that he used to work in the Office of Strategic Services. Either way, people like to debate if the emotional effects of the Harvard experiment could have been a reason why the Unabomber committed these awful crimes. Whether it was MKUltra or not, people do like to point back to this experiment and think, you know, could this have affected him? Yeah, it seems like it kind of did. I would like to get a psychiatrist's point of view because when you're that young, I do think that things could affect you that way when you're still developing, especially for men because they don't develop as fast as girls. They still could be developing at that age. When you're malleable. (laughs) Um, There, I did read that there's a Discovery Channel show that came out specifically about this theory and basically leaning into this theory 100% like saying, yeah, this was MKUltra and that he was part of this experiment. Wow. But there's also an article, I will link it, that the Unabomber directly released a statement after that Discovery Channel show came out saying there was no correlation that he didn't think it was a torturous experiment and everything like that. Um, so he wrote that he disagrees. And I also read that he kind of, I don't know if this was his words or just people putting two and two together, but if he was bombing people because of these experiments, he kind of could have just said that yeah he wrote like a thirty-five thousand word manifesto that was published he could have just said that was part of the reason in there but he didn't so so that is the mk ultra theory people think that he possibly was part of this testing at a young age and that could have influenced him to do these crazy bombings i kind of think that that could have been possible And like I said, there is a whole show about that theory. If you guys want to dive in more on that and more on what MKUltra is, um, I do think that the the way the tests go about, the way you're forcing people into giving up this information, I do think is similar. But no way to tell. Who knows? (laughs) Okay. Now, let's get into the last theory. What is it? Personally, this one's my favorite, and this one is another favorite famous one is that 
Ted Kaczynski was the Tylenol killer. Another person I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know anything. You don't know who the Tylenol killer is? No. Your age is showing. Like in... Sh- no, I think I do. I was going to be so disappointed in you. <laughs> I can already feel like, yeah, this could be possible, because... Mm-hmm. Just go ahead, but I think, yeah. I got this information. Okay, there was a Hunt a Killer article. Oh, okay, Hunt a Killer. This article was great. I was like, wow, Hunt a Killer. Sponsor us. I know. I want to play that game. In Chicago in 1982, um, numerous people were dying under mysterious circumstances. They ranged in ages 12 to 35. They were all perfectly healthy on the day of their death. After a lengthy investigation, police and detectives determined that all of the victims had taken Tylenol the day of their deaths. Hmm. When the Tylenol capsules were tested, all of the victims' bottles contained capsules filled with potassium cyanide. Yikes! Poison! Thank you for clarifying that. If nobody knew, it's poison. Thank you. The capsules were so potent that one could actually kill you. Wow. Yeah. Potent. Could you even imagine? In the investigation, it was found that the Tylenol bottles had all come from the stores, uh, I'm sorry, had all come from stores in the Chicago area. At the time, medicine was kept in bottles with a piece of cotton at the top with no plastic seal or protective covering. Again, this was in the 1980s, so um, they didn't think that someone could do this. But investigators determined that someone did this. (laughs) Obviously. Someone had went into the stores and taken the Tylenol bottles, bought them, taken them home, laced the capsules with cyanide, and brought them back and returned them on the shelves without anyone noticing. At the time, there was only one real suspect on police radar because... I, it was hard to say who it was because, you know, it was just random stores in Chicago that someone is placing this Tylenol. It could be anybody. Yeah, Chicago is huge. The only man that police had on their radio, radar was... Radio. Radio. <laughs> They're was, jamming. It's <laughs> horrible. Was a man named James William Lewis. Police learned that this man had sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson... The manufacturer of Tylenol at the time, demanding $1 million or there would be more deaths. However, there was no real link between between him or the Tylenol bottles. Um, James William Lewis was never tried for the Tylenol murders, and they remained unsolved. So that was the only real lead that they had to go on. I do think that there was a little bit more than just that letter, obviously. Um, but if you guys want to read more into that, there is, again, so much more we could go in depth, but I'm just trying to keep this not go into being like two hours long. Yeah. So in 2011, it was reported that the FBI was looking into the potential of Ted Kaczynski being the Tylenol killer. So this one is not just, you know, people sleuthing around. Police did look into the Zodiac Killer, but that one was pretty quickly taken off the docket, if we will say. Because, um, you know. Had no weight. Exactly. But in 2011, that was pretty recent. 
And they requested a DNA sample from Ted Kaczynski, uh, who is still alive. But I, it was never made public why they wanted the DNA. So it kind of is like, did you have DNA from the Tylenol bottles or? Yeah. It's I'm like they sure. definitely had to have something mm-hmm. to just ask. And during investigation, the investigation done by the FBI, um, Ted told authorities that he was not the Tylenol killer. He said he had never in his life possessed potassium cyanide. Um, In 2013, the investigation was dropped by the FBI and returned to the local Chicago police. So it is still unsolved. But let's get into the fun of it. People on the internet love to sleuth, and they have developed this theory that the Unabomber was the Tylenol killer. And I do think that this one really holds up. Oh, that's it, girl. The first thing people online point out is that the Tylenol bottles sold in Chicago were super close to Ted Kaczynski's parents' home in Lombard, Chicago. Hmm. And I even saw that there was a picture someone drew online. I love internet sleuths. <laughs> Someone drew a picture online of Ted Parent's house in relation to where the Tylenol bottles were sold. And apparently it's like in the middle of where all the Tylenol bottles would have been sold. Wow. Mm-hmm. Many people point out that Ted could have been home visiting his parents when the Tylenol murders occurred. And I think that because Ted Kaczynski lived this really remote lifestyle in this cabin in Montana, it is hard definitely to pinpoint where he could have been. So it's hard to say who's to say he couldn't have been at home visiting his parents when this happened. Yeah. But it also seems like, you know, that's a pretty good master plan for somebody who, if they were a serial killer doing bad things, they have a pretty good, like they're remote already. It's a pretty good scheme. If he's like the plotting type. He could have visited his parents and dropped the bottles off and then just went back home to Montana. Um, so many say that's possible. One of the most interesting aspects, though, is that people online point out that the Unabomber and the Tylenol killer were linked through this kind of fascination with wood. Wood. Forest. Hmm. <laughs> One thing that the Unabomber did to get his points across was... Um, target people with wood in their names or some association to trees. The Unabomber also used twigs in some of, some of his bombs and used wood to construct them. I think it's horrible, but I think when they would blow up twigs and stuff, would come out like shrapnel. That's awful. Really getting his point across, I guess. One of his victims that people bring up is the president of United Airlines. His name was Percy Wood, and he lived in Lake Forest. (laughs) So that one's pretty clear. (laughs) Some of his fake mailing addresses that he would list on his bombs would be on Wood Street or in the city of Wood Lake. You know, the Unabomber was doing the whole forest thing the whole time. People online have pointed out that the two creators of Johnson & Johnson had ties to Wood in their names. Ew. Their names were Robert Wood Johnson and James Wood Johnson. Hmm. 
Additionally, two of the locations where the poison Tylenol bottles were sold was Woodfield Shopping Center and Elk Grove Village. Foresty, naturey. Oh, I was like, okay. <laughs> Woodfield Shopping Center, Elk Grove Village. Huh, yeah. Foresty. Another interesting tidbit is that there was potentially one picture taken of the Tylenol killer. I'm not sure if this was, you know, a picture that someone took. I would imagine this has to be a a store picture because it's really grainy. Either way, it's a photo of a bearded man standing behind one of the victims named Paula Prince. And the bearded man was watching her as she picked up the Tylenol bottle and then left to purchase it. Investigators can't say for sure if this person is the Tylenol killer, but they do have strong beliefs based on the way he was acting. It is debatable who is shown in the picture, like I just said. It's grainy, you know, you can't really tell, and we don't even know who the Tylenol killer is. But the FBI at the time believed their main suspect, James William Lewis, like we had talked about before, could have been the man pictured because he had a really bushy beard, and the man pictured also had a bushy beard. But, again... As we all know, Ted Kaczynski also had a beard at the time. I mean, so it could have been either of them, honestly. Uh, that one, I, this one I feel like is definitely the one that could be the most possible. And as many people point out, the Unabomber and the Tylenol killer killed without any qualms. They didn't care who they killed. The Tylenol killer killed. Killed a 12-year-old, and the Unabomber could have killed anybody who picked up a bomb and decided to open it. Um, there was, you know, I think the first person that the Unabomber, uh, actually, the first victim of him was someone who was just a security guard opening it for his boss. Now, he didn't die, but he got seriously injured. Don't, I thought I heard before, too, that people who commit bombings like that have probably committed crimes before. Mm-hmm. And wasn't he older, like, when he did the bombings? Because I thought that people said, like, I didn't know the conspiracies about him, but I thought that people said that it was, like, surprising that the bombings would be his first crime when he wasn't, like, he was a grown man. Yeah, so... He's 78 now, and the last bombing happened in 1995. Hmm. So, he would have been, you know, in his 50s when the last bombing happened. Seems pretty crazy that somebody would not, would do something so horrific and not have done bad things before. Right, and that's what's crazy between the Tylenol killer. Now, it is, when you think about it, it is a little crazy because this happened in 1982, the Tylenol killer, and that is in, during the Unabomber's span. You know, he started this in the 70s and went all the way into the 90s. So, um, now, like I said, a lot of this information is from the Hunt a Killer article. I This article was awesome, so shout out to them. Go read it. I'll link it. They made a really, really great point that in the Unabomber's published manifesto, he described his hatred for literally everybody. <laughs> And one person online pointed out that in section 145 of the Unabomber's Manifesto, he wrote, quote, Imagine a society that subjects people to conditions that make them terribly unhappy, then gives them the drugs to take away their unhappiness, end quote. 
Hmm. So I'll let you guys decide. I mean, that easily he could have been talking about drugs on the street because, you know, there this there was a lot going on in the 90s with drugs and everything like that. So he could have been talking about that. Um, but he could have been talking about, you know, something like that, medications. And he is 100% smart enough to know, mm-hmm. like, how to basically do all that. That seems really possible. Yes. Now, the only connection I don't think that there is is a connection between Ted Kaczynski and any sort of poison or anything like that. But, like we've said, the method of leaving something and just dropping it while you're knowingly going to be somewhere else, you don't even have to see that person open it or take that pill. Yeah. That That is crazy. So, those links, I do think... um. I think that one could be the most plausible of the three. I agree. I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, let me know what you guys think about that, because, in like I said, in 2013, they closed that investigation, so there's not going to be any more looking into the Tylenol killer and the Unabomber link as we know it. But let me know what you guys think. Um, if there are any other conspiracy theories about the Unabomber, let me know if I missed one. Uh, yeah let us know tell us let us know what you think about that i like that one me too that was a good episode i like it thank you jackie thank you for hyping me up you're welcome and thank you guys for listening thanks guys you guys are the best for listening and we will see you guys soon for another episode of serial killer conspiracy crime stories Ooh, that's creepy Ew. People are going to stop listening. I'm sorry. Edit it out. (laughs) No, just kidding. I love it. Edit it immediately. (laughs) Love you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.